0: Pastor Luke is preaching at another church in the valley today. We like to, if we can, support other churches, and so we ask that you be praying for all the churches of the valley, that Jesus would be exalted, and uh, we're doing our best as the Spirit leads to support other churches, to bless other churches, and so maybe God is a calling on you. If you want to be taught how to preach or how to lead services or or different things like that to to help other people and help other Christians, uh, we'd love to serve you that way. Uh, I find Sunday mornings remarkable. I find Sunday morning just amazing all the different people that come together from different backgrounds from different uh, heritages from different settings uh, and and it happens every Sunday in this church many many congregations throughout the San Luis Valley hundreds and thousands millions of congregations around the world how does that happen how does that how does that come about every tribe tongue people group people group ethnicity uh, mixtures all the all the all the colors everywhere gathered, uh, and it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. That how does that happen? How does that come about? How, how did that how did that become possible? Well, um, people spoke the gospel. People shared the message of Jesus Christ, uh, and and it comes in so many ways. I, I remember when I was nineteen, I got saved when I when I uh, read a John 3.16 sign that was somebody was holding up at a football game. I went home and read that, John, John 6, 3.16, and it changed my life. My wife, I remember someone, it was her aunt, that uh, when she was a teenager, set her down and told her why she needed to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, my kids, you know, they, they heard the gospel from my lips growing up, but, you know, one, one of the beautiful things, this church, when my kids were growing up, they, they heard the gospel from the children's church workers and the Sunday school leaders and a couple of my girls they gave their life to Christ in this church because somebody in children's church said Jesus loves you repent believe in him and you'll be saved the gospel it's amazing things how how, how, it, how it goes forth in so many ways videos and digital media you know written written communication verbally it, go, it goes forth why You know, I just keep chasing that rabbit. Why do people share the gospel? Why do people go out of their way to convert people, to see people converted? You know, as the Apostle Paul said, I do all things to see some people saved. You know, why? Why Why, why do they speak the word of, of life? Why do they proclaim the gospel? Why do they, why do we keep sharing? Please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, why is the gospel proclaimed even today by the church of Jesus Christ? Uh, in the coming months, we're going to spend a lot of time in Acts. Several years ago, uh, you might, if you were here, you remember we, we went through the first section of Acts, Acts chapter chapters 1 through 7, and I, it might have been three or four years ago, I promised you that we'd come back to Acts and so uh... in the coming weeks we're gonna start with chapter eight and chapter nine as we get into the apostle paul his his missionary service and other evangelists as they went out around the world and we'll look at those examples and hear um, what god did in the early church as is an encouragement to us and and we're gonna learn a lot and we're gonna study a lot but i thought today it'd be really good for us to look at the beginning of the story the beginning of the church the beginning of the gospel of jesus christ and how it went out and why it went out. Chapter 1, verse 1, in the first book of Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach till the day when He was taken up after He had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom He had chosen. He presented Himself alive to them after His suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And and pause there. What we have in the first five uh, verses of Acts is a summary of the Gospel of Luke. What we have in Luke, the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts, is is a two-part story, The same author wrote it. It, If if you've started reading your Bible chronologically uh, uh, or or you're going through the books of the Bible, I'd suggest when you get to the Gospel of Luke, jump right to the book of Acts. It's a two-part work by the same author. And so what he says uh, to Theophilus, uh, a Gentile believer, we think, uh, to encourage him in his faith, to teach him, Uh, what Jesus did and and what Jesus accomplished, he said, in in the former work, in the Gospel of Luke, I I told you all that Jesus began to do, all that Jesus began to accomplish, and the implication is, uh, Jesus now is doing this, I want to tell you now what Jesus is doing in our midst, in our day, the work continues. He mentions the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is is a part and parcel of the whole Bible. Uh, there's several places in the Old Testament where there's promises of the Spirit coming one day. There's promises of, of the Spirit coming on people for a season, but a, a promise of even a, a, a Spirit being poured out on all of God's people one day. And so it's 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 at the beginning of of this 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 work of the church. The Holy Spirit is mentioned. Uh, he gave commands, uh, those first 40 days, right? He, he, he died, he rose again, and so uh, what this time frame that, that Luke is talking about is the 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, before his ascension. He came to his disciples, he came to them again and again, I'm alive, he, he had to prove to them he was alive, he ate in their presence, for instance, look at my scars, it, it was a big deal, they, they, they finally came to believe he was alive. And he, he taught them during those 40 days. He instructed them on many things. Uh, a big subject of his teaching was the kingdom of God. Just as he, as he walked with them for those three years, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is coming. Get ready, the kingdom of God. You're going to be my, my, my workers to talk about the kingdom of God. It, it was a big matter of his teaching. Uh, kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit's coming. The kingdom of God Wait, in, in Luke, at the end of Luke, says, wait until you're clothed with power from on high. Uh, it's a big deal of Jesus, you know, we look, look at John 14 through 16 and the promise, another counselor is going to come, another teacher is going to come. When I go away, I'm going to send him to you as my church. And so it's, it's a big deal that he's talking about here. Uh, he told them to stay in Jerusalem, not to depart until What? Until uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you start looking at all the terminology about the Holy Spirit. uh, In in Luke, it's clothed with power from on high. It's uh, the promise that the Father has given. And the baptism, you'll be baptized with the Spirit. Now, baptism, it means immersion. It means to be drenched, to be deluged by the Spirit. He says, wait. And so that's what happens in in chapter 1 of Acts. Uh, After 40 days, after his resurrection, he ascended to heaven. And then 10 days later, Pentecost came. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So so the first five verses, Luke is setting the table. He's saying, hey, that happened. Jesus was working. He rose. He he gave instructions. Now now let's watch and see what takes place. Verse 6, so... When they had come together, so this is a fresh meeting, this is probably the last meeting that he would have with the, with the twelve, or the eleven, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has, will, has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. When they had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Uh, pause, pause there again, because uh, we, we get into the meat of the message today. They came together. They, uh, they, they'd been convinced by this time. They, they, they were sure that Jesus was the Messiah and Lord. And you remember... You remember at the end of, uh, of their, their journey with Jesus when he was crucified, when he was put to death, you remember how they lost hope. They all scattered, they all departed, they, they all, you know, they, they thought about going back to fishing, going back to their businesses, giving up everything. They thought that they had lost the dream, that, that it was all over. But here, after seeing Jesus and touching Jesus and seeing him eat after he'd been dead, He's alive, He's alive, hope is rekindled. And they're like, now, is it the time for the kingdom? Is it the time for the reign of God to come? Uh, and, and really, their, their vision was uh, somewhat limited, much more limited than, limited than Jesus' vision. Because notice what they say, Lord, at this time will you restore the kingdom to Israel? It seems like uh, when they came to understand Jesus as the Messiah, they, 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 they didn't look at their horizon. They didn't look at the, the world. They didn't look at all the peoples and all the tribes and all the tongues. They didn't have the vision of Jesus yet. Uh, are you going to make this about us? You know, Israel had been in captivity. They've been in bondage. They've been used and abused by the Romans. Uh, are, are you going to become the king of Israel now? Are you going to become the political ruler that we've all been hoping for? Are you going to bless our nation? Uh, So a small, small vision at this point. He said to them, uh, it's not for you to know that the times and the seasons, like the special moments of God or the uh, the specific plans of God in, in history. In other words, leave that to God. Leave the future to God. He knows what He's doing. It's His plan. It's His end. It's His outcome. Won't you trust the future to God? But I've got something for you. I've got task for you. I've got purpose for you. I have a calling on your life. I have a calling for you for the rest of your days. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Remember, he's told them to wait. Back in Luke, he told, him, he told him to wait. He said before the ascension happened, he, he told him to wait for the promise. He's saying, guess what? Power is going to come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then, then you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Now, literally, when we you know, witness at a crime scene, you tell what you saw, you tell what you heard, right? It's a very direct way, but the, the witness idea here, it's, it's a bigger thing. It's, it's a bigger understanding. If we go, As we go through the book of Acts, we're going to see again and again uh, the apostles and the disciples and the followers of Jesus. <coughs> They're going to tell the world that Jesus is the Messiah. They're going to explain to the people they run into, He did this and and He did that. He's the Lord. They're going to witness to all the things that He's accomplished, the the things that He achieved on the cross. They're going to call people to repentance. They're going to call people to forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. They're going to call people to believe in Jesus for salvation. The calling that Jesus has is massive. It's a mission. It's a mission given with a message. In Jesus Christ, there is new life. In Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness of sins. In Jesus Christ, you will find eternal life. All the different nuances, all the different... Uh, emanations of that that thought, all the different ways that it goes out, and, and wow. Jesus had a task for his church. Jesus has a purpose for his church. But he doesn't leave it to these young men. I mean, even, even in their question, they show how limited they are at this point in of their own knowledge and in and of their own abilities. He's been talking about Grander things he's been talking about the kingdom for years and they still they say Lord is is it now about us is it about our 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 country is it about our peace and I just imagine Jesus going oh Man how many times do I have to talk about this? He sends them out he commissions them he Gives them mission he gives them the message but he doesn't send them out alone. He doesn't say, now, everything that you've learned, now just go apply it in and of yourselves. No, that's where the power comes in. That's when the clothing from on high comes in. That's where the indwelling Holy Spirit comes in. That's where the baptism of the Spirit comes in. And when I say the baptism of the Spirit, I mean every believer who's trusted in Jesus Christ, the moment they believe in Jesus they are placed in the church. The, the, the Spirit comes into a believer's life upon conversion. Here at the beginning of the church it's a unique situation, a unique place, a unique time uh, moving from Jews to the world. There, there's, there's similar language uh, in, in Matthew, at the end of Matthew, it's, it's, it's a similar thought, it's a sim, similar teaching but may, maybe a little bit different terminology, a little bit different way of talking about it but the same commission. If you turn to Matthew 28 verse 16. How, how is it that we've heard the gospel? I, I'm assuming that most of us in this room are Christians. Now some of you may not be yet. I pray that you would believe in Jesus for salvation. Believe in Jesus for life. But maybe maybe you're not yet. And you haven't come to that point yet. But please don't stay in death. Cross over to life by trusting in Jesus. But m- most of us are Christians. H- how is it that we heard the gospel? Matthew 28, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him... They worshiped Him, but some doubted, so the process of of realizing He's not a ghost, He's he's living, He's breathing, you can touch Him, you can hear Him, He's he's physical again. The God-man has risen from the dead. But Jesus came and said to them, "'All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.' teaching them to deserve all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In Acts, Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses. And in Matthew, in a different time, a different place, you're going to make disciples. My task for the church, Jesus says, is that you're going to glorify me. You're going to glorify the Father by telling what I've accomplished, explaining what I've done, calling people to faith, calling people to obey, calling people to follow. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's a remarkable commission. It's it's a remarkable calling. Because of this calling, because people obeyed it, because people said yes, generation after generation for two thousand years, people have been sharing the gospel in that tribe, in that people group, in that geography, in that location, in the mountains, by the coast in the plains the word has gone out and we're here because people obeyed the gospel obeyed jesus's command obeyed jesus's commission they went they spoke they proclaimed they exalted god with their voice they exalted god with their obedience in their lives with the message by the mission given through jesus um, <clears throat> The scope and the scale of this is incredible. In, in Matthew, Jesus says, "And guess what? I will be with you till the end of the age." Uh, in Matthew twenty-four fourteen, uh, the, the the teaching is is that the, 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 what Jesus says to him. Um, you know, I'm, I'm basically. And let me paraphrase. Let me paraphrase it. I'm not going to come back until all the earth knows. The gospel must go forth to all the nations before the end will come. And so we're we're in this age, we're in this season, we're in this dispensation, if you would, where the end is out there, the the finish line is is coming. The the kingdom of God will come when Jesus Christ comes back. Now, all the different ways that that's interpreted, the millennium interpretations, you know, we can look at those as, as, a, as a brethren, as a people, and we can maybe disagree on certain things, but the big truth is that Jesus is coming back, and Jesus will reign, and He will be King forever. The gospel that we share, the gospel that we're called to teach others, the gospel that we're called to give to others, proclaim to others, it's to go... Not just to people that look like us and have our language, not just to people that are uh, in our continent or our hemisphere. It's to go everywhere. It's, it's something that is until the kingdom comes, and it's to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I, I just think that the disciples, the apostles, when they hear this, it just whoop right over their heads. Yeah, whatever, it's about Israel. <laughs> whatever, it's about our people getting free. And they, but they grew. They grew in the knowledge of, of Jesus' teaching. The Holy Spirit did come. And let, let's look at that. Chapter 2, verse 1. See, Jesus said, there's a time coming when I'm going to give the Spirit. Jesus has ascended to heaven, and when he ascends to heaven, there's a point where he sends the Spirit upon the earth. But, and, and he said, when that happens, what, am I, what are you going to do? What am I going to have you do for me? You're going to witness. You're going to make disciples. You're going to glorify the Lord by preaching the gospel. Chapter 2, verse 1. So when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all in one place. Now, uh, the rest of uh, chapter 1, 120 uh, of the, the apostles and the disciples, they gathered in up upper room. For 10 days they prayed. For 10 days, they prayed for for Jesus uh, to send the Spirit. For 10 days, they they set up leadership in the absence of Judas. For 10 days, they got ready. Then on the 50th day after the First Fruits Festival as part of the Passover feast, 50 days later, Pentecost arrived. They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And... Divided tongues, as of fire, or like fire, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, and pause there again. So it, it's, it's a remarkable thing when you start looking at the Jewish feasts and the Jewish festivals. You know, that Feast of First Fruits that was uh, 50 days before. Um, you know, the, when Jesus came back to life, it, you know, it kind of was summarized by the first fruits. The farmers would bring the first produce of, of the harvest at the first feast, uh, festival. They, they, they'd wave it before the Lord, a wave offering. This is a promise of what is to come. Here's, here's my first fruit, a promise of what you're going to do. And then 50 days later at the wheat harvest, at the end of the harvest, like they're bringing all the harvest in. And so Jesus is that first one who rose from the dead. And and, and the symbolism is that there's going to be a great harvest to follow. The first fruit is waved with the promise there's going to be a great harvest to come. And so Pentecost, right, uh, as we get into the day of Pentecost, thousands and thousands of people come to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, as the Apostle Peter preaches. And the symbolism that God planned thousands of years before comes true. There was one... Who started it? Jesus rose from the dead. He came to life. And then 50 days later, there's this whole group of people that have come to life. And one day, they will also rise from the dead by God's power and God's grace. It's, it's a beautiful and a wonderful picture. But at this moment, the Spirit comes. Uh, the simp, the, you know, it says, like fire, A great they, they heard a sound, you know, like a mighty storm. So it's a descriptive language. It splits onto every person there symbolizing that every person in that room has the spirit the beginning of the church the beginning of of the the Joel's prophecy of of all the people's gonna have the spirit in the people the people of God uh, it's it's a it's a glorious moment when the spirit comes just as Jesus said now did Jesus give the spirit just for our entertainment did Jesus give the spirit just for our experience did Jesus give the spirit just for our yeehaw? no Absolutely not. It's not about us. It's about the mission. It's about the message. It's about seeing lost people found. It's about seeing people come to faith in Jesus Christ through the preaching of the gospel. Because look what happens next. It's not for our personal, yeah, I've got the Spirit. I've got tongues. I've got this. I've got that. No. It's about the mission. It's about the message. It's about seeing people made. People of Jesus. Now they were dwelling in verse five, they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. At this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we, we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthenians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, <laughs> both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. <laughs> Did you, you hear what just happened? Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses, but before that happens, I'm going to send the Spirit so you can be my witnesses. And the Spirit of God came upon His people, and as the Spirit enabled them, 120 people from that upper room, they start preaching, they start proclaiming, they start declaring the mighty works of God and all the people in town for the festival of Pentecost. Pentecost was the most popular festival because it was the easiest to travel in. You didn't have to worry about the, the, the weather. You didn't have to worry about the roads. Man, there was a massive amount of people in town for Pentecost from Rome, from, from Crete, from different places around the Mediterranean, Empire, the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, these Jewish people who, who came, they're, they're hearing the gospel preached because these faithful men and women who have been filled with the Spirit they, they knew that God, it wasn't like they were out of control, like, like suddenly they, they were like these robots that were programmed to ba 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 blah, 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 blah. No, they had been praying about the gospel. They, they wanted people to know about the gospel. They, they, they knew they had to wait. They knew they wanted to reach their fellow Jewish people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as the Spirit enabled, they were able to say other languages, speak other languages to people. And what was the message? What was the content of the words? They were declaring the mighty works of God. They were declaring Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What what a moment for for the church. What a moment for the world. A turning point in world history was when the Spirit fell. When God sent the Spirit from heaven. And the world has never been the same. We're proof of that. Why are we here? It's because the Spirit came upon people and they took the message to the world. It started in Jerusalem and it went to Judea and it went to Samaria and it's gone to the ends of the earth to the point of this day. Every continent has a witness of Jesus Christ. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of congregations in different vernaculars, in different languages are proclaiming the gospel today around the world because God was faithful to send His spirit and his people have been faithful with the message they've gone on mission again and again and again generation after generation after generation praise God that we too have been saved by Jesus's work on the cross praise God that the the, the 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 message of salvation has come to people like us who have no inheritance in heaven in and of ourselves, who have no hope of salvation by our righteousness or our goodness. Praise God that the message of the gospel came to people like us. And when we believed in Jesus for forgiveness of sins, for salvation, we were saved all by the grace of God. Praise God. This is a beautiful thing uh, and we the question I began with was why are people sharing the gospel? It's offensive this these days to not let people think that everything is true. It's offensive to call people from other religions, isn't it? It's offensive to tell them that they are sinners headed for hell. It's offen- why why are people still sharing the gospel? because we've been commanded to share the gospel we've been commissioned to share the gospel we've been empowered to share the gospel we've been sent just as those former generations were just as these young men I mean they're they're 19, 20, 21 years old the the women in their group come from different different vocations, different backgrounds from the humblest of things to, to Herod's kitchen an ear with Herod. They come from all walks of life, all nationalities and most of them are Galileans but man they're, they're called and the wild thing is when they knew the spirit came, when the spirit came they started to witness and it's gone on and on and on today God still wants people to be saved. Today God is still gathering for a people of his very own and all those who are appointed to salvation will be saved. All those who have been called will come and bow the knee to Jesus. But the gospel needs to be proclaimed. The gospel needs to be heard. So Jesus sends His church. Brothers and sisters, those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, those who have been reconciled to the Father in Heaven through Jesus' work, you are called. Every Christian in this room has the same calling as the apostles of Jesus Christ. Every Christian in this room has the same mission given to them, handed to them. We have the same message, Jesus saves. We have the same same commission to go and make disciples. Let's do it. Let's do it. If we become lackadaisical in our witness, if we become lazy in our evangelism, if we become, like, I can't do that, remember what you've been given. If, if, if you've, you've, you've come to the, this habit of not sharing your faith, of closing the, the, you know, closing the doors to the outsiders, of not caring about them, repent. We've been called. We've been commissioned. We've been sent. We've been empowered, just as those people were. Let's go. Church, we are uh, Jesus' agents. We're his witnesses. We are his ambassadors. We are his spokesmen and spokeswomen. There is no plan B. There is no other way that Jesus is going to take the gospel forth unless we go. And uh, this is is our valley. This is our geography. This is our people. And if we and the other churches of the San Luis Valley don't go if we're not preaching, if we're not proclaiming, if we're not reaching, if we're not sharing, if we're not loving in Jesus' name, who will? There's a, there's a great scene at uh, the end of this uh, last communication that Jesus gives with his, has with his disciples. If you look at verse 9 of chapter 1. If you look at uh, chapter 1, verse 9. And when he had said these things, so he's just called them out. He said, this is the work I have for you. This is the task. This is the mission. You're, you're my messengers. Uh, when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. So the ascension. It's a, what, a, what a moment to see this man you've walked with for three years um, just go up into heaven. And the cloud is symbolizing the divine presence, the glory of God uh, moving in, into heaven. While they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, so angels. And these men said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go to heaven. (laughs) Now, that's kind of cool because as he went physically and bodily, they they saw him. He's going to return physically and bodily. He's going to return in power, return in might, return in authority one day to set up his kingdom, his eternal kingdom. But notice the the angels, they're they're kind of their tone. Can, can, Can you see it? Like, they're looking up in heaven, like, or, or, you know, they're looking up in heaven, like. Their, their, their gaze is up there. And the, the men, the, the angels come and say, why are you looking up there? Haven't we fallen into that trap, maybe as believers lately? Like, man, this world just going to pot. Jesus, won't you come? I'm just, we're, I, To heck with these, these, this world, to heck with this politics, to heck with these, these people down here. Let's just, come on, Jesus, come. And maybe the angels are saying the same thing to us, like, why are you gazing up in heaven? You've got work to do. You've, you've got people to bring the gospel to you. You've got people that are lost, who have no hope. Man, get with it. <laughs> don't, don't stand staring. Don't, don't, you know, our, our hope is Jesus' return, the eschatological hope that we all live for is the coming kingdom of God, our eternity. Man, it's going to be great. But while we wait, let's turn our gaze upon the earth and the people that need Jesus Christ, that need salvation, that need forgiveness of sins, that need to know the gospel of how to come to life and how to live forever in the kingdom of God. Let's go. Would you please stand in the Lord's presence? Let me pray over you and send you out. Lord, we thank you for the time to gather with you today. And, and through the songs, through the prayers, through the, through the word, Lord, we, we're reminded about how great and good you are, how gracious you are, how loving you are, and how wonderful you are. Man, we we were reminded about all of your plans and purposes for us, and reminded about all uh, that, that you blessed us with. And it was a ple- pleasure to sing with the brethren in the presence here, but also joining in the the holy presence of the angels that sing around your throne. What a great thing to come and worship you today, Father. Give us as a church. Give us as the people that you've made for yourself, that you bought with your blood you've purchased by your own work. Give us the grace to to glorify you now. Give us the grace to have the courage and have the strength and have the perseverance and uh, to risk to go and and share the gospel, to bring the message to others who, as we were given the message, (laughs) let us be now those people that respond by what you've done for us and give them the message too. Lord, I I pray over this people. I pray that you would fill them with your spirit again. I pray that you would anoint them with power, that you would give them uh, a holy urgency, Lord, a holy push to be these people that care about their neighbors and love their co-workers and care about the people they're going to school with, Lord, and bring in obedience to you, the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fill them, Lord. Anoint them, Lord. Place your hand upon them and send them out. Send us out. And may, as that song said, may you get the greater glory. May you get the praise. May you get the honor. May you get the worship. For you are so worthy. Thank you for meeting us here today, Lord. And thank you for letting us love you. And bless you, and glorify you. Send us now to be your your church for the world, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.